the Sega Bowlers this morning and turn to Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> Luke chapter 10 this morning. <clears throat> and let's just commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, Mary Father, we are very thankful that we can be here today, that we can come together and sing worship and give praise unto your name. We thank you so much, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your wonderful grace, your mercy, for your love. And Lord, I pray this morning as we come around your word, as we consider your word, that you'd help us to come with hearts that are ready to receive. I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning, refresh us through your word, challenge us. And Lord, I pray that we would leave singing your praises and giving all glory and honour to your name. Well, may you bless our time now, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, of course, uh, it's Mother's Day today, and so being Mother's Day, I felt uh, we probably should go and look at one of the many godly women in the Bible. And, you know, godly women that are example not just to uh, the ladies and the young girls this morning, but, of course, examples unto all of us as believers. And in the passage before us here in Luke chapter 10, we actually have two godly women mentioned. We have two sisters, Mary and Martha. And we know from the word of God that these uh, two sisters loved the Lord and they were dear friends of the Lord while he was here on earth. Uh, John speaks about our Savior's great love and affection for them. If you just turn over quickly to John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, another passage where we see these two starting in verse 1 it says now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the, uh, sorry the town of Mary and her sister Martha it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore his sisters sent unto him saying Lord behold he whom thou lovest is sick when Jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So in John chapter 11, uh, John speaks about this great affection the Lord had, not only for Lazarus, but also for Mary and Martha, these three that were dear unto the Lord. And you know the Lord would frequently come and spend time in their home. They became dear friends to him. And Luke chapter 10 uh, records one of those occasions when the Lord has come uh, into their home, is visiting with them, and they have the opportunity to show him some hospitality uh, to not only him, but of course to his disciples as well. And we see that there in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And so Luke tells us that the Lord has arrived in this certain village, which we know from John chapter 11, which we just read, is Bethany. So he's arrived in Bethany, and he's been invited, invited to come into the home of Mary and Martha. And verse 38 tells us that in particular, it's Martha who has received him into her house. And so it seems that Martha is the elder sister, that she's the one taking the lead here, inviting the Lord into their home. And so as the Lord is in their home enjoying their hospitality that we see uh, the contrasting 
personalities and the contrasting actions of these two sisters. You know, their actions demonstrate to us clearly that both of them loved the Lord. That much is very clear. They both loved the Lord dearly, cared about Him dearly. But as we'll see this morning, one of them lost sight of what was truly important. And so notice we firstly here, we see devoted Mary. Devoted Mary. Look in verse 39. It says, And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. Mary's introduced to us here in verse 39, and the very first thing that's said about her is that she is sitting at the feet of Jesus. So immediately what is made clear unto us is her devotion for the Lord. We see her leaving what she is doing to come and to sit and to listen at the feet of the Lord, to listen to His words. It says there at the end of verse 39, okay, it says, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. She's sitting there to listen to the Lord as he teaches. You know, sitting at someone's feet like Mary did here was the the posture in those days of a disciple sitting at the feet of their teacher. It was the posture that they would take up. We see that in Acts chapter 22 where Paul is said to have been schooled at the feet of Gamaliel. Just turn over there to Acts 22 with me. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 3, this is Paul speaking. It says, I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarshish, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And so Paul speaks about the fact that he was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. He was taught at his feet. And and so Paul is referring to the fact that Gamaliel was the teacher and Paul was his disciple. He's talking about before he got saved. He was taught in the things of the Jewish law. And the whole, whole idea is that the rabbi, the teacher, would sit on a raised platform and the students would sit around on the ground or on lower seats around the teacher. And that's what we see here. That's the idea here as it says that Mary has come and sat at Jesus' feet. It's that idea that She's sitting as a disciple. She's sitting to learn from the master, from the teacher. And so what we see here is we see her devotion, don't we? We see her eagerness to listen to the Lord, her eagerness to receive his teaching, to drink in the Savior's words. Commentator Morgan writes this. He says, Mary delighted to take the seat of a learner. She reveled in the truth Christ came to reveal and found her chief joy in sitting at his feet. You see, the point is, Mary was eager not to miss this opportunity that was before her. You know, she had the Lord in her own home. What a privilege. And she doesn't want to waste that privilege. She doesn't want to waste that opportunity. I mean, the the Lord, the Master, the Messiah, is in her home. Don't pass up that opportunity to sit and listen to what he has to say. That's her attitude here. She understands this privilege. She understands that she's not going to have him forever with her either. So she needs to take every chance she can. The commentator Butler writes this, Mary did not waste her opportunities. Christ would not be visiting their home like this for long. And if she failed to avail herself to hear Christ when he was present, she would soon have run out of opportunities to hear Christ. 
CCR understood that Christ was not going to be with them forever. And so you need to take every opportunity they could to sit and listen to him as he taught. You see, Mary here is a good steward, isn't she? She's a good steward of her time and a good steward of her opportunities that were before her. But I think it's important we also understand that Mary was not lazy. Okay? Mary was not just ignoring her responsibilities as a hostess. It's not as if as soon as the Lord came, you know, that she just stopped serving. She's not doing anything. She knows Christ is coming. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a good time. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to ignore all those responsibilities. It's not that she's sitting there ignoring Martha as Martha is doing all the serving, as we'll see in a moment. You know, the passage clearly indicates to us that Mary had been helping her sister. She had been serving. She had been preparing for the Savior to come and, and the disciples to come into their home. She had been serving with Martha, but she understood there was a need to stop and to spend time listening to the Master. And we see two indications of this in the passage. The first of these is there in, the, in verse 39. It's that little word, also. Verse 39 says, And she had also, sorry, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And that little word also there, okay, which also sat at Jesus' feet, that word also implies that this action of sitting to learn is in addition to something else. Okay, that's what the word also means, isn't it? Okay, as well as. Now it can either mean, of course, that she's sitting there as well as Martha, well, we know Martha's not sitting there, okay? So that's not what it's saying. And so what it's saying, when it says also, it's saying she was engaged in something else, but also she sat at the feet of Jesus. And verse 40 tells us what she had been doing before she came to sit and to listen. Verse 40 says, But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her therefore that she come help me. Martha says there, my sister hath left me to serve alone. Uh, Vincent writes, the word translated hath left here is in the aorist tense. And it indicates that she had been assisting before this, but she was drawn off by the presence of the Lord. And so the indication from the passage is that she had been serving but now also she sat at the feet of Jesus. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? She wasn't lazy. It's not that she didn't do anything. She had been serving, but rather having done everything that was needful, everything that was necessary for that moment, she now has come to feed spiritually on the teachings of the Lord. She was not going to miss this great opportunity. And Mary here shows her great devotion to the Lord as she comes and she sits and listens to the Lord. You know, in contrast to Mary, we see secondly here, distracted Martha. We have devoted Mary. We have distracted Martha. Look there in verse 40. It says, But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she helped me. Luke tells us that in contrast to Mary, Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And in these words, much serving, we, we get a glimpse of Martha's heart. 
You know, she was a wonderful woman. Make no mistake, Martha was a wonderful woman. She was given to hospitality. She loved to serve. We see her doing the same thing in other passages in the Word of God. Just go over to John chapter 12 with me quickly. In John 12, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which uh, was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. And the Lord's come to Bethany, and he's uh, coming in, he's enjoying supper, and what does it say? Martha served. Constantly, this is the thing that's revealed about her. She loved to serve. She had a servant's heart. And that's her motivation here in Luke chapter 10. The reason she's rushing around serving is because she has this servant's heart. She wants to serve. She wants to do her best for the Lord. The Lord's in her home. She wants to give her best. And so she's rushing about, cumbered with much serving. That's the problem here. It's not the serving, it's the cumbered about with much serving. You see that word translated cumbered there in verse 40 where it says, but Martha was cumbered about with much serving. That word cumbered is only found here in the New Testament. And the verb literally means to draw from around. And it's the idea of having your attention drawn away from something else. It's the idea of being distracted. Vincent writes this, Martha's attention, instead of centering around Jesus, was drawn hither and thither. You see, that was the problem. You know, her, her attention was drawn everywhere else but upon the Lord. It's the idea here that Martha was distracted by her much serving. It took all of her attention. It took all of her focus. You know, Martha, she was so determined to make sure that everything was perfect. You know, after all, she has the Lord in her home, and we can understand her, her earnest desire here, can't we? You know, she has the Lord in her home and his disciples, and so she is uh, desiring here to make sure everything is perfect, everything is just right. The problem for Martha is that she's so intent on making sure everything is just right that she loses focus of the fact that Christ is in her home. She loses focus of that, that wonderful truth. She loses focus of what's really important, listening to the Lord. She neglects to spend time with Him. Think about it. She has the Lord in her home, and yet she's neglecting Him. She's neglecting her guest. She's failing to spend time with Him. She's missing the opportunity before her. Now, we said Mary showed herself to be a good steward, taking the opportunities. Martha unfortunately didn't. Commentator Butler writes this, Martha was not a good steward of her opportunities. She did not avail herself of the opportunity of sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from him. And failing to use this opportunity caused much trouble for her. You see, serving is important. It is. Serving is important. But there is something far more important than that, and that is making sure that we're fed spiritually. Feeding upon the Lord, feeding upon His words, so that we might serve. But Martha was so distracted that she failed to see this. 
And indeed, as she now continues to rush around, as she's running around serving, you know, you can see her preparing more food and taking the dirty dishes away and she's cleaning up after everyone. She's running around everywhere. As she's continuing to run around serving, she becomes now increasingly annoyed because she's lost focus. She becomes now annoyed, annoyed that Mary is no longer helping her. And so she rushes in and she complains to the Lord. We see that there in verse 40. It says, But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. She comes in now and she rudely, if you like, interrupts the Lord as he's teaching, interrupts the Lord and she complains. And she makes two complaints here. And sadly, the first complaint is actually against the Lord himself. She says there in verse 40, she says, Lord, Dost thou not care? See that? She accuses the Lord, the Messiah, of not caring. Now Martha here for a moment, she forgets who she's talking to, doesn't she? She's become so distracted by all of her service, everything that she's doing, that she's forgotten who it is that she's talking to. It's the Messiah, it's the Lord. And she accuses him of not caring. You know, the sad reality is that Martha was the one who had a problem with not caring. You see, she didn't care enough to stop what she was doing and sit down and listen to the Lord. She didn't care enough for, his, for her teaching, her pri- for his teaching. Sorry, her priorities were wrong, weren't they? Her priorities were out of order here. And her accusation against the Lord just highlights for us just how much she was distracted. She was cumbered about with much serving. But then she also accuses Mary, doesn't she? She accuses Mary of being idle. In those same words there in verse 40, she says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. She accuses Mary here of being idle being lazy, she's left me to do everything on my own. You know, in this complaint, Martha is actually criticizing Mary for the very thing that Mary was to be praised. She's criticizing Mary for her devotion to the Lord. Criticizing Mary for sitting at the feet of Jesus as a disciple and listening and learning of Him. She's criticizing her sister for her devotion. You know, it's sad to see Martha end up in this situation, isn't it? It's sad. Particularly when we consider her servant's heart and her great love for the Lord, which is evident throughout the the passages where she is talked about. She loves the Lord. She has a servant's heart. And so it's sad to see her here accusing the Lord and then criticizing her sister. You see, there was nothing wrong with her wanting to do her best for the Lord. Nothing wrong with giving herself so earnestly to service. The problem was that she had forgotten to stop and spend time with the Lord. There was a spiritual opportunity before her and she missed it. She squandered it. And so that brings us now thirdly to see the Lord's response. We've seen devoted Mary, distracted Martha, and we see the Lord's response in verse 41. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. 
You know, when Martha was finished complaining, the Lord now graciously and lovingly responds. He responds by rebuking her. And in verse 41, we read, it says, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. As the Lord rebukes her here, this is not a stern, harsh rebuke. This is a loving, tender rebuke. And it's seen in the way the Lord addresses her by repeating her name. He says, Martha, Martha. Commentator Gill said this, calling her by her name and repeating it expresses great intimacy and friendship and much earnestness and, as it were, pitying her present situation and circumstances. Now we can hear the Lord, can't we, saying her name with compassion, Martha, Martha. Now we can see him speaking softly, kindly under her, because you see, the Lord could see the distress on her face, couldn't he? He could see the stress she was under. He could see the frustration that she felt. And he, in love here, kindly rebukes her. And he addresses her problem here with the words, Thou art careful and troubled about many things. This is the rebuke. This is her problem. He says, Martha, you're careful and you're troubled about many things. The first word there, careful, speaks of being anxious. It means to fret, to be worried. The Lord says you're anxious. You see, the Lord could see the stress that Martha had placed herself under. No one else was putting her under the stress. She put herself under this stress. She was becoming more and more anxious about all these things, these many things. You know, Martha had the Lord in her own house, sitting there speaking, sitting there talking. But instead of enjoying the presence of the Lord, instead of resting and enjoying having Him there, feeding upon His words, being strengthened in her faith, instead she's full of anxious care about things that really didn't matter. They didn't matter in that point in time. She'd served, she'd put food on the table, now sit down and listen. She was missing an opportunity. She was anxious over all these things that didn't matter. They had no eternal value. The Lord then adds that also she was troubled about many things. The word troubled means disturbed. To be troubled in the mind, disquieted. And so the idea is that she had no peace within. She's anxious and she has no peace. Her mind is so preoccupied with all these temporal concerns, because that's what they were, temporal concerns. These many things have consumed her to the point that the joy is gone. There's no peace in her heart. And so she's got the Lord, the Savior, in her home. And, and instead of enjoying that, she's stressed out, she's anxious, she's fretting, she's worried. She has no peace. She's missing the opportunity before her, isn't she? In verse 41, the Lord tells her that because she's anxious and troubled, He says that she's missed the most important thing. Sorry, verse 42. It says, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Martha was so anxious, so troubled by all these things that she missed the one thing that actually was important. Being spiritually fed. Taking time to commune with the Lord, taking time to listen and be taught by Him. And so it's with this in mind, the Lord now heaps praise upon Mary for her devotion. And if you like, He points to her as being the example that Martha should follow. 
Just read verse 42 with me. It says, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Christ here praises Mary for choosing that good part. The words good part here emphasize the excellence of her choice. He says she's chosen excellence. She's chosen well. Mary chose to prioritize the one thing that was needful. Butler writes this, The good part says Mary was praised because she chose that which would benefit her soul above that which would benefit any other aspect of life. She chose to be with Christ rather than anyone else. She prized the word of God, the words of Christ above the words of anyone else. And she gave utmost priority to communion with the Lord. You see, the point here is that Mary had her priorities right, didn't she? That's what the Lord's pointing out here. Mary had her priorities right. She realized that far more important than anything else in that moment of time was her spiritual health. Far more important than anything else was that she stop and she listen and be fed by the Lord so that she might then serve. At the end of verse 41, the Lord declares that because she had chosen the good part, he says it shall not be taken away from her. Verse 42, sorry, it says, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. These words indicate that the choice that Mary had made had eternal value. This time spent with the Lord was something that would reap eternal rewards, heavenly rewards. One commentator wrote this, Time spent with Christ in the Word and in prayer will benefit you, sorry, is a benefit you will never lose. But on the other hand, all the achievements in the world will perish. It's the most important thing. Eternal value. And Mary understood that. She understood the principle of seeking first the kingdom of God. She put the Lord first. You see, Mary this morning is a wonderful example of what it means to be devoted to the Lord. She was a faithful servant. She knew how to serve. But she also knew that her relationship with the Lord must come first. Her relationship with the Lord was the foundation for her to effectively serve and bring glory to God. You see, that was Martha's problem. She was so distracted by these many things, and all of them with good intentions. She was so distracted that she forgot the one thing that was needful. Her spiritual health, her relationship with the Lord. Well, we all need to take heed to the example of these two women this morning. We need to make sure we have our priorities in order. Our relationship with the Lord must come first, before everything else. It's so important that we take time each and every day to sit at the feet of Jesus and to let Him teach us, let Him instruct us, let Him feed us with His Word. See, it's only once we've been fed that we can then effectively serve and bring glory to God. One commentator wrote this, The most important part of the Christian life is the part that only God sees. Unless we meet Christ personally and privately every day, we will soon end up like Martha, busy but not blessed. Let's close in a word of prayer.
Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for these two godly women, Mary and Martha. And Lord, I pray you help us to always maintain a right focus. Lord, not become so distracted by the things of life or even distracted by serving. Lord, we forget our own relationship with you. Lord, that must come first. That must be the foundation. Lord, if we're then going to effectively serve you and bring glory to your name and have peace and, and joy in our hearts, Lord, may we learn from the example of these two this morning. We thank you for our godly mothers today. We thank you for the example they are to us as well. May you bless now as we close in Jesus' name.